Are you a chocolate lover? Does an after-dinner treat often pass your lips? Well, today on the Nutrition Couch, we review a growing range of chocolate dessert options in the supermarkets today. Hi, I'm Leanne Wood. And I'm Susie Burrell. And as two of Australia's leading dietitians, we bring you the Nutrition Couch product review, a weekly chat on new products and old favorites that you can find in your supermarkets. Now, Susie, I must say, I really do like that there are more and more single-serve portioned dessert options in the supermarkets these days. It really does make portion control and overeating a little bit easier to manage, particularly for a lot of our clients who really do just struggle to stop eating when it comes to the sugar cravings or the chocolate cravings after dinner. True, 100%. And I find my I have a lot of clients who prefer to have a lighter dinner so they can have something sweet. And I really like you try and educate about individual serving sizes and choosing something that will give them that satisfaction. So I too, like you, I'm a big fan. So I'm quite interested because I'm not overly across these products. So this is a good education for myself also. Mm. So we've got three today. So the first one that we have chosen is the Fancy Plants Chocolate Silky Pot. So this is available at Coles and Woolworths. And I will disclose that I was an ambassador for Fancy Plants last year, no longer am, but I am a big fan of the brand. So I have chosen it today because there are some things that I like specifically about this product. Now it is $4 um, and in that you get two small tubs. So it's a double serve. So that's $2 a serve. And often, Susie, they go on sale. So they're often, you know, 30, 40, 50% off even. So I grab quite a few of them when they are sort of half price and it makes it a pretty affordable treat, you know, a dollar, a dollar fifty a pot. So when we look at the ingredient list, it starts with coconut milk at 74%. And the coconut milk is made up of water and coconut cream. Next ingredient is sugar followed by cocoa butter. We've got some thickener, some chicory root fiber, which is the addition of the prebiotic fiber they've added in there to support your gut health. Then we've got cocoa powder, vegetable gum, some emulsifiers, um, some mineral salt, calcium carbonate, some natural flavor, and some natural preservative. Now, this is made from nearly 70% Australian ingredients, and it is a vegan product, and it is a gluten-free product as well. So I really like this because apple celiacs don't get a whole um, you know, range of variety these days. So there is a nice little single serve chocolate treat after dinner. It's vegan and it's gluten free as well. So I like that it caters to a whole range of different people. And I really like the addition of the prebiotic fiber, which helps to support our gut health as well. So looking at the nutritional label um, per serving, we've got 588 kilojoules one gram of protein, 8.1 grams of fat. That is because the top ingredient is coconut milk. So it's a heavy fat-based product. Um, 6.3 of that is saturated fat. Obviously the large majority of that because it's coming from the coconut cream. Um, 14.6 grams of carbohydrates, around about one sort of exchange or one serving of carbohydrates with 10.8 of that being sugar. 2.6 grams of dietary fiber in total with 2.3 of that being prebiotic fiber, which is a great little mix. Um, Very, you know, minimal amount of sodium, eight milligrams, nothing really. And 95 grams, uh, 95 milligrams of calcium, which I actually think is a nice little addition. It's got a small amount of calcium in there. And again, being a vegan product, I think um, is pretty good because a lot of the non- um, vegan-based desserts. So the ones that use milk would obviously have a little bit more calcium in there. So I like that the brands made an effort to include a little bit of calcium, a little bit of something that supports your gut health. And also and it's a high price point because manufacturing these products in a facility that is exclusively um, you know, vegan and gluten-free does come at a cost. So when you're looking at these sorts of products, they are going to be more expensive um, because you have to manufacture them on processing lines that are exclusively you know, gluten-free. Um, so a few things that I like in this 
products do easy, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is a dessert-based product. It's not something that we would be recommending every day. It's not something that you like, eat this for great, great health. Um, it is a dessert-based product, but I do like it because, you know, it's calorie controlled. It tastes amazing. Like it's called Chocolate Silky Pot and it really is just a smooth, beautiful chocolate dessert. Um, have you tried this one before? No, I don't love sort of soggy textures in my mouth. So I don't tend to go for <laughs> mousses and things like that so much. I think it's a really interesting product because you're right, it ticks the box on vegan, gluten-free. It does add calcium, which is always a bonus. We've spoken before about how so many of our plant-based products and diets do lack calcium. I'm interested they've gone for calcium carbonate because we do know that's not overly well-absorbed. Um, and I think as time goes on, we'll hear more about the type of calcium that's added to products. I think that for someone with high cholesterol, I would be very reluctant to suggest this as a product just because of that huge load of coconut milk. Keep in mind that, you know, the first ingredient is coconut milk, a really heavy saturated fat food, and then the second is sugar. So we're not, you know, I think it's got a place for very specific diets, but I think there are better profiles nutritionally but, you know, occasionally, like we've always said, it's just over 150 calories per serve. And the sugars are coming in just over two teaspoons. So, you know, once a week, you know, I wouldn't have a concern, but it wouldn't be on my regular diet plan for any of my clients, just because to me, the positives, which are some, as we've described with the fibers and gluten-free, vegan, a bit of calcium, don't outweigh the negatives, which is pretty high sugar and definitely high saturated fat. I think it's a great summary. Definitely something that I would still consider a treat and, you know, very occasional at that. But if the rest of your diet's healthy and it's whole foods and, you know, you don't really have any medical concerns or issues, I would be happy to include this. And I have for my clients because it is a really nice tasting product. Um, I am someone who does like a nice, you know, a dessert or a custard or a mousse or something like that. And it's beautiful. It's smooth. It has a great mouthfeel. Um, so this is something that I would happily recommend to my, you know, general clients who are pretty healthy, no medical conditions a couple of times a week as that treat or as that option after dinner. So, I thought an interesting product to go through and it does tick a lot of the boxes for sort of our allergies and our, um, you know, di different dietary sort of requirements. And they've got quite a few, don't they? There's quite a few different varieties in that yeah, brand. The, yeah, there's a rice pudding and there's a chia, the chia pudding as well. To be honest, the chia pudding, I really like that one because of the, the better fat profile there with the omega-3s in terms of the, the plant-based um, omega-3s in terms of the chia seeds as well. Yeah, so an interesting brand, interesting product and they do go regularly, you know, on sale as well, which is great. Especially at the moment. <laughs> Oh, the groceries are so expensive. <laughs> now, the second product I've chosen, we've been requested this one quite a few times, Susie. So it is the Wicked Sister High Protein Chocolate Pudding. So this is available at Coles and Woolies for $2.50 per single serve and Aldi for $2. So we're just talking about one single serve here and 170 grams in the one pudding. So looking at the ingredients, uh, the first ingredient is water. Second ingredient is milk protein concentrate. That's how they get the really high protein content, followed by cream, skim milk, powder. Again, they're just boosting a little bit of the, the protein using that skim milk powder. Cocoa powder, banana puree, which they're getting a little bit of the sweetness from, I assume. So no added sugar chocolate, only at 1%, followed by emulsifiers, natural flavors, stabilizers, monk fruit juice, so a natural sweetener in there, concentrate and an emulsifier and a little bit of salt as well. So a pretty... I mean, I'd say, you know, clean ingredient list, despite it being a bit longer and, you know, some things like emulsifiers and stabilizers in there to keep it shelf stable so it doesn't go off the next day. Um, and it's 76% Australian ingredients, so pretty good there as well. 
and looking at it per serving. So for the 170 gram little pot, and we're going to do per serving today because you I mean you eat the whole tub. It, it's all well and good to compare per 100 grams, but because there's a single serve, Susie and I have decided to do what you get per serving because most people wouldn't buy a small tub of this any 33% of it to make up the same serving size as maybe something else. So we think it makes sense to go through what you get in terms of a single tub because people are going to have a really hard time stopping at 85% of the tub if you're trying to you know, make up the same serving size as another product. So per tub for the 170 grams, you get 746 kilojoules, so higher than the other one, 16.2 um, uh, grams of protein. So a really decent whack of protein in that small tub. 7.4 grams of fat with 5.1 of that being saturated. So again, a very higher profile of, of the fat mix there because of the coconut cream. No, is it coconut cream? No, it's just it's standard cream, not coconut cream. Sorry. Um, 11 grams of carbohydrate with nine of that being sugar. 154 milligrams of sodium. And it says no gluten detected on the label, but I don't think that means that celiacs would be able to consider that gluten-free because I think the processing line, it you know, may contain traces of. So unfortunately for us celiacs, I don't believe this is a product that they should be having, um, even though it has no detectable gluten in there. So for people with a little bit of a wheat or a gluten intolerance, um, I think you'd be fine with this one as there's no detectable gluten. So all in all, it's an interesting product, isn't it, Susie? Like 16 grams of protein is a really high whack. I personally haven't tried it, but one of my clients had, and she said the taste wise, she didn't love it because, you know, you get that really artificial sweetened taste afterwards. And she said the banana puree in there, like she just couldn't get past the taste of it. She said that the aftertaste of the sweetener was just too much for her. So I think nutritionally it looks, you know, fairly strong on paper, but apparently I've heard from two people now, a friend and a client that they just couldn't get past that sort of overly sweet artificial sweetener taste at the end. I'm just looking. So that is a mannitol sweetener 965. Yeah, so they've added two in there. So that's an alcohol sugar. There's an alcohol sugar and the monk fruit, the natural-based sweetener in there as well. So I, I am like you. I find it so interesting. To me, it's almost a product for people who go to the gym who really want that protein loader. Yeah. Most people don't need 16 grams of protein after they've had no, dinner, No, it's they? so high in protein. So as a reference for meals, we're perhaps aiming for 20, 30 grams. So to reach that almost in a dessert, you'd be thinking who needs that much protein? Maybe an athlete recovering, a bodybuilder, or someone who had muscle wastage. So an older person who was trying to get a lot of calories or specifically protein and carbohydrate in a small volume of food. So I'm thinking older people might benefit from a product like this. I'm interested that's an Audi product for just $2. So it's actually pretty inexpensive, Leanne, for that much protein. Mm. Like two, it's sort of equivalent to a tuna for two dollars for sixteen grams of protein. It's actually a relatively inexpensive protein, mm. um, so I certainly wouldn't put it in a dessert category because I don't certainly need my desserts to have sixteen grams of protein. Uh, calorie wise, it's coming in sort of one eighty roughly, so not insignificant. But I, yeah, I think it must be really being marketed to that active person mm -hmm. who wants that hit of protein mm -hmm. before bed more mm -hmm. than anything, especially with the sweetener. Mind you, it's not insignificant in sugars. It's still nine grams. Um, I guess where is that coming from? It's banana puree oh. and some of the skim milk powder. All oh, right. Some's naturally from the milk. and the, But there's no fibre listed, so they're not putting any fibre through the banana either. So it's a very interesting product. Um, I can't really see a, a role for it. I probably wouldn't use it and given if you said it hasn't tasted great. But if you were looking for inexpensive proteins and didn't weren't a meat eater, for example, in an older Australian, it would be a viable way to get yeah. protein and bump your protein up of a meal. You know, you could have a yeah. soup in one of these and 
you'd be okay. So yeah, I, I just find it really interesting. I wonder how they're selling. I find it really interesting because I find it more of like a health halo product. Like people automatically think, oh, high protein dessert, that's so great. And then you've got malitol in there, the alcohol sweetener in there. Plus you've got monk, monk fruit juice concentrate. Plus you've got banana puree. So you've got two type, three types of sugars and sweeteners acting together there. No wonder it's like an overly sweet, almost sickly sweet sort of aftertaste. And on the front of package labeling, you've got high protein in big bold letters. And then at the bottom, you've got no added sugar. So I think one would think that this is sort of like a dieter's dream that you can eat a chocolate pudding that's super high in protein, but there's nine grams of sugar in it. So it's not, as you said, insignificant. It's still a very high sugar, pro- I wouldn't say high sugar. It is a dessert. You know, we're not, we're not trying to say it's not, but it, it definitely has sort of a more specific role. It's not something that I would be recommending from the average person because I think after you've had dinner, who needs an extra 15 grams of protein? Not many people at all. So it is an interesting one. I just think we get so many requests from it. I think people look at it and think, this is a great alternative for a dessert because it is so high in protein, but we don't need protein from our desserts, do we? That's the thing The thing that I think confuses a lot of people. They just think all oh, protein is all protein is great. But if you're eating a balanced dinner, you don't need 15 grams of protein in your dessert. So true. I think I have to agree with you. Since protein is written in such enormous writing on the front, it's obviously keen to nab that market. And let's be honest, you know, protein bars, et cetera, in the supermarket are, are targeting a very specific kind of active person um, perhaps male or female who want to indulge but really um, keep their macros in line. So I don't disagree about the health halo. And I'll be interested to see if they survive in supermarket because we do see these kind of new novel products come in and out. And really it's tough in supermarkets to see if people actually are buying them because that's ultimately what will determine if they're kept in supermarkets, not whether they're they're good for you or not. So yeah, this is relatively new. I want to say the last couple of years. So let's see if it, it survives the test of time and people are actually buying it and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the taste profile will, if you're someone that can't handle a lot of that sort of after sweetener type of taste, which I can't, I can't stand it. I don't think that this is probably the product for you. And then the third one we've got, Susie, um, is available at Coles and Woolworths, and it's the Nestle Chocolate Mousse. Now, I think just, again, looking at the front of paper, package labeling most people would look at that and go oh nestle poo poo do you know what i mean like oh i can't can't possibly be healthy but i just thought it was an interesting one to throw in there um and so again we're going to look at it per serving size so it's 62 grams per serving size it's a double a double serving so you get two little pots of mousse in the single sort of container so you know just one of them is 543 kilojoules so around about 130 calories um three grams of protein 7.3 grams of fat with 5.1 of that being saturated fat um, 12.9 grams of carbohydrates with 12 grams of sugar per serve and 28 milligrams of sodium. Now you might think, oh, 12 grams of sugar is quite high. The Wicked Sister High Protein one was nine and the other Fancy Plants one was 10.8 grams of serving per pot. So, you know, they're all within a couple of grams of each other. So I wouldn't say that this was just the highest and it was so bad. It's only a gram or two higher than the other two. So I think they're all sort of relative from a sugar perspective and we are comparing chocolate desserts. Let's not sugarcoat that at all. Um, it's a chocolate dessert. They're going to have some form of sugar in there. And as long as we're aware of that, I think that's completely fine. And as long as the rest of our diet is really nice and balanced, again, I think that it's fine to include a bit of a treat occasionally as well. So Looking at the ingredient list for Swan Susie, we've got milk as 78%. So it's quite, you know, it's quite high and it's based on milk. So it's, it's a good, you know, whack of calcium to begin with and a bit of protein as well. Um, sugar is the second ingredient followed by water, followed by 8% milk, milk chocolate, um, followed by cocoa, gelatin, thickeners, emulsifiers, and some vegetable gum to finish this off. So 
I mean, it's a pretty clean ingredient label. When you look at, you know, you've got 78% milk and 8% milk chocolate. I mean, you're looking at 85% of it just being milk and milk chocolate to begin with. And then there's a little bit of cocoa, cocoa butter, um, a little bit of thickeners and emulsifiers, again, just to make that product sort of shelf stable and make sure it lasts a little while. It doesn't go off the next day. So this one's 88% Australian ingredients. And they haven't, from what I could find online, haven't listed in terms of any allergies or decorations or that sort of thing. Obviously, it contains milk. But yeah, I'm not sure in terms of gluten-free. I'm definitely not vegan because it contains milk. So I think this is an interesting one. It is quite low calorie, you know, 130 calories for a small tub of that. Um, and it does have a really nice mouthful. I have tried this one before. You know, the chocolate mousse is, it is a nice tasting product. You don't get that sweetness aftertaste that you get with some of the other products as well. Um, I mean, it's not something that I'd be recommending and writing in meal plans for my clients, but if people really enjoyed it, I don't see a problem with having a little pot of this, a couple of squares of chocolate, a sweet biscuit after dinner. I really think that it's up to the individual and what they like, but I can't see a problem with people having this once or twice a week as a bit of a treat after dinner. I think it's a lower calorie option that could fit nicely as long as we're you know, aware that it is a treat and it's not something we're saying, oh yeah, it's just like vegetables, fill up half your plate with them. It's a chocolate dessert, let's be honest. And I think that it can definitely have a place in some people's diets if that's what they choose to consume and they really like it. It's a fair summary. You know, it's slightly higher than the 100 calorie after dinner snack I like my clients to stick to, but you can see the quality of the product because it's got three grams of protein, which is coming from that high proportion of milk. Overall, I agree with you. I think it's a really clean kind of list. And for the calories, if you loved it, I do try and get my clients to freeze them. So it's a slower eating because what I find with those mousses is you can eat them really, really quickly. Mm. So it's a quite a small tub and it, like a couple of spoons, particularly if you use a big spoon, it's gone. Whereas if you freeze it and use a, a teaspoon, it goes for a lot longer. So you actually savor the experience. Now, Leanne, I've just compared that because that is um, 12 grams of sugar and the saturated fat's reasonably high at 5, 1 grams per serve because the other chocolate mousse I do use is the Paul's low-fat one, mm. which is very, very similar but just slightly less calories at just 111, almost 5 grams of protein but more sugars because they've taken some of the fat out mm. so they've put more sugars in there. So it's like anything, you take out one so I wouldn't say that they're grossly different to say choose one over the other other than if you really like it. And that's probably my take-home message for any of these products. When you're starting to get into more indulgent foods that are not adding a whole lot nutritionally to the diet, they're not part of the core diet, they're adding in something as a treat, it's extra, it's food we don't need, it's discretionary. The, the message I would give to anyone is that you have to choose something that you get maximum satisfaction out on. Otherwise, you'll have it and you'll keep looking for something. So when it comes to that after-dinner eating period, spend time thinking about what you really feel like. Do you really feel like a chocolate dessert? Do you feel like a mousse? Do you feel like chocolate? Do you feel like a biscuit? Because unless you really satisfy that desire, you will keep eating until you reach it. So for example, for me, I don't like these kind of products. I wouldn't use my calories on them. I much prefer something crunchy or actual chocolate. But certainly if I put the mousses on the client's um, meal plans, they will choose them at times. And certainly if a client would come to me and say, I love that Wicked Sister, how can I include it? Or sorry, the fancy pants, I would absolutely be able to incorporate it. So I think it's for me about really spending time deciding what you enjoy most and enjoying it in moderation. And I'm like you, the portion control is very appealing to me. And I think that small one with the the Nestle mousse, and as I said, if you keep it frozen, because they also have a diet one or used to, which is lower again, but more sweetener through it. 
So they're out there, but I would suggest, yeah, freezing them so you eat it more slowly and eating them with a teaspoon to really savour that experience with them if this is your sole food that you really enjoy after dinner. Amazing. I think it's a great summary. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of the Nutrition Couch product review for another week. And please remember, we are currently on tour. We have done our amazing kickoff in Brisbane. We've done our first live event. We are heading to Sydney in just a few days and Melbourne in two weeks after that. So if you have any of your own nutrition questions, we would love to see you at one of our live shows. You can find tickets at our website, which is thenutritioncouch.com. And there's an event tab there. And you can ask us all of your questions at our live show where we're going to have a huge Q&A session as well. So we can't wait to meet you. Have a great week.